the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good afternoon, Houston. It's a Halloween special. Recovery Radio Boo. Houston. We are here. Tony B and I are Boo. here. We're here. He's scaring me already. Uh, you know, it's it's a really praise the Lord. We are so happy that we are here two weeks in a row. Last week I was in Disney World with my family, and Tony did a great job with the show. Appreciate that, Tony. Uh, he shared a lot of things from his heart, and it was uh, deeply felt. You know, we're going to have a show today because. You know, there's a, there's one thing that's uh, scarier than Halloween, and that is beginning the process of recovery. You know, it's 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 so paradoxical because uh, when you begin the recovery process, that's a healing thing. <laughs> Everything in your life gets better. But we're always we're, I don't know if it's pride or if it's uh, a denial, what we call denial in recovery, or w- w- it's the enemy, the devil talking to us and listening it's fear. to the, to the re- fear. There you go. It's fear. Halloween fear. Uh, uh, but we're we're so reluctant to begin the recovery process, and that's what really begins a beautiful life. So we're here at Recovery Radio Houston to offer hope, the hope that one finds in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we're also here to talk about the practical aspects of recovery, and so that's what we're going to do today. Primarily, we're going to we're going to talk about beginning the recovery process. Uh, but let's let's open in prayer. Father God, we come to you today with humility on our hearts. Father, we ask for healing. Uh, we are healed by your stripes, and we ask for healing in this country. Uh, we ask for unity as whatever happens in this election. We ask that the country holds it together. We would ask that we be one nation under God. Uh, we ask that you touch the minds and hearts of people out there that are struggling with addiction. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, Tony, uh, we made a list, and, and we put it on Facebook and we're going to we're going to go through it today and we're just going to have a conversation here two guys sitting around talking about recovery uh, first we're going to debunk this halloween thing all right halloween is bogus <laughs> all right it's the stupidest <laughs> holiday in the world this it's about evil, so we're going to refer to it as Fall Festival. All right, we'll f- refer to it as Fall Festival, and, and particularly, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic. Uh, people have different thoughts about that, uh, but there's no question that there is a virus out there, and I'm not sure it's very good to go, you know, kids are the ones that like it, and 
and uh, like to get so much candy, but I'm not sure it's go- good to go around to a bunch of well, houses and exchange things. Well, it right was now. actually kind of hilarious. They described on CNN today of proper COVID Halloween. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. To, to have a table outside with grab-and-grow Grab and go trick or treating. Well, that just so not too many sense. fingers spread. To th- I'm <laughs> Three, like, four come ki- on, man! Four, four, four kids and that have candy all over the fire. I got a better kid. idea. Come on down to church on 901 Wilson Road, there New Covenant Church, and come to Fall Festival, there you where go. nobody dresses up as goblins and ghouls. They dress up as superheroes and, and, and positive things and uh, Christian characters, and we give them all the candy they want safely. Yeah, we shouldn't glorify all these demonic things. That's for sure, but. In any event, we're, we're here to talk about uh, the hope that Jesus Christ offers in recovery, and we're also here. Tony and I both. Uh, Tony, congratulations on a recent milestone that you ten had. years, ten years without drugs or alcohol. That is a awesome accomplishment. I'm so proud of you, my brother. It's been uh, wonderful walking through recovery with you. So we have. Well, Tony and I both have experience in secular and. Uh, faith-based recovery and we believe in both we believe in both strongly and so the topics we're going to talk about and we ask you to join us at 1-800-808-5548 that is 1-800-808-5548 i don't think you need the one anymore but 800 i don't know uh, 808-5 i think it depends what, what kind of phone you're on but on a cell phone it's on your cell phone you're dialing international 800-808-5548 that's the number to join us and if you you want to share you have a question you need prayer in your life uh, you want to share your own hope, strength, and experience as you've gone through the recovery process. Uh, you know, recovery is about healing. And everybody out there, whether or not you're, uh, you know, we're talking to folks, some they may be struggling with alcohol or drugs or gambling or pornography, but we're talking about to a lot of loved ones, too, that, that suffer the collateral damage mm. uh, that occurs when people are on drugs and alcohol. So let me go through this list of topics real quick, and then we'll start talking about them. Do I have a problem? Does my friend or loved one have a problem? What is the first step? Is it important? Am I helping my loved one or enabling them? Attending my first meeting, you know, that's a scary thing sometimes. What are these steps I hear about? Are they important? What do I do with them? What is a sponsor? Do I need one? What do they do? How do I find one? What is the difference between secular and faith-based recovery? Which one should I do? And do I need rehab? Or can I do it in some other way? So we want to talk about some practical aspects today, Tony. Uh, first of all, let's tackle the first one. Do I have a problem? When does somebody have a problem, Tony? Well, it, the one way to figure out if you have a problem is get a mirror and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's you, what they told me. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's true. Because, you know, first thing, and I'm, I'm being serious, if you're asking the question, the odds are you do. See, I may have 10 years sober from alcohol, but I want to achieve the 10 minutes without having a problem. Yeah, well, that's true. I always, I still have problems. We, true, true. But do I have a problem with addiction? Do I have a problem with yeah, addiction? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I mean, I can still fall into thinking like an addict. I just have the solution. I have Jesus. Amen. And he helps me out. Amen. Well, I, I think the way science defines it is a couple of different ways. One is if it has ever interfered with your personal, social, or business life. Have you missed a meeting because you, you couldn't get out of bed? Have you uh, forgotten, blown off things because you would rather go out and party? Uh, have you uh, missed family gatherings because you were too hungover or too intoxicated to attend? Uh, has it interfered? You've gotten to a family and they've asked you to leave or some other social gathering because you've been too obnoxious. 
So that that's one way to define whether or not you have a problem. Because there are a lot of people out there that believe they are functioning alcoholics or functioning drug addicts, and that's a myth, in my opinion. Uh, that's a matter of uh, self perception. Yeah, it it is. You 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 lie to yourself. You uh, kind of give yourself the excuse that hey, I'm I'm able to get up and go to work, so I'm a functioning alcoholic. And, and you know that's true for a lot of people. My you know we we, we we're transparent on the show because we've both th- been through addiction ourselves, and we have had family members who've had addiction. And my mom was a quote unquote functioning alcoholic for years. She just drank beer. And uh, she went to work, uh, but you know, I don't. Uh, I saw a statistic the other day. There's uh, 747 billion dollars a year lost out of the United States economy uh, because of, uh, and part of that is because people show up hungover. Uh, if you've ever gone hungover to work, and I have, mm. uh, you don't get much done, <laughs> you know. So uh, you may if be. If it's from drinking vodka, we could be fashionable and blame the Russians. Well, you could, yeah. <laughs> well, sp- sp- speaking of speaking of vodka, though, that's that's what that's what really took it into a second gear for my mom is she switched from beer to, to vodka and once she did that she was no longer even a pretend functioning alcoholic you know mm-hmm. so uh but i can remember many a time when when as a kid you know addiction is spawned quite often from childhood experiences and of course when you're the child of an alcoholic uh and many of people i'm speaking to right now probably are children of alcoholics uh you know you may think you're doing okay but your kids are seeing what you're doing yeah. And they're noticing what you're doing. And, and you know, it was uh, the elephant in the room in my house. We didn't talk about it too much. But, you know, there were many times when I had friends over uh, that I was embarrassed. I mean, because of the way my mother primarily acted. Um, so, anyway. Well, I th- I th- if I can jump in there. Sure, one, one thing I think is important to, to when you're in recovery, especially if you're in it long enough to know better, that you mind your children because uh, you don't want them to harbor a resentment. And uh, that can be... On the surface, that uh, yeah, everything is fine. Dad's better, but there's still some collateral damage. Sure, like we talk about that, they haven't learned how to process, and they get older, and and maybe they'll act out. You know, well, you know, it. I followed right in her. Despite having viewed this my entire life, I followed right in her footsteps. You yeah. know, um, and I began drinking, in fact, with her at at about 15 years old. But even if even if they don't turn to substances, what what I, what I believe can happen is their uh behavior gets affected uh through fear. Absolutely. And I'm very mindful of my kids. I mean, my kids, thank God they were they were very young when I was active. Um and I asked them. I talked to them about it. I said, "Do you remember anything?" And very very little, thankfully, but I still have to I I I think the most important thing to do with your kids is to make sure that you love them as much as possible. And that gets harder when they're older because they get cars and girlfriends and boyfriends and they're never around. But every single minute you have your kid is precious. I don't I don't ever let them go out the door or me go out the door without saying I love you to them. That's awesome, Tony. Yeah. yeah that, that you know? we, and we should all do that. And, and that's the way my wife's family is. And it's something I learned once I got married to her. So I'm really appreciative to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we express love a lot in our household and it really helps. You know, but I, there may be some people out there that, that are feeling guilty right now because, you know, they realize, they're realizing they have had a problem. They've acted out in front of their kids. They've That's an expression, by the way, in, in recovery, acting out, whether it's uh, drinking, using, or watching pornography. It's called acting out. Um, and they're feeling guilty right now. But, you know, there, there's something in the recovery process called amends. 
that that really is a healing process um you know and the quicker you can get to that the quicker you can get through these steps that we're going to talk about in a minute the quicker you can get into recovery well let's let's use the word thoroughly thoroughly yeah the more thoroughly you can be through the steps yeah well the, is the exactly yeah you don't want to go yeah. through them too quickly but yeah. but the, the but the faster you can get to the beginning point is what i meant mm-hmm. to, to beginning the process well don't forget i mean you got the admit submit commit yeah one two and three yeah then you've got to take the laundry out you've got to inventory every good business inventories and gets rid of the stuff that ain't selling so we're gonna lay out on paper all the resentments we have towards the people we have and what that how that affects our behavior right and then we're going to sit down and do the fifth step which is the the real enchilada where you get to uh go to your sponsor and 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 lay all this out and then he gives you input you know, he through his uh, strength, experience, and hope, and then you have to go to God. Then you have to go to God and ask Him to remove those character defects. But if we remember the 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 chronological order is, we go to God, right? And then we go to ourselves, and then we go to another human being, and that's very important because God is going to know our heart, but we have to show the willingness to Him, right, and the reverence to Him that He's going to be the one that takes these things away. And then we have to admit to ourselves, why do we admit to God before to ourselves? Because when we go to ourselves first, we make our own stuff up in our head. Yeah. If we, we, my, um, my old sponsor, Bill Morgenstern, who, who passed away four years ago, just uh, almost to the day, he used to make me write on every fourth step in the, at the top in big capital letters, God help me be honest. Mm. Because if, and I had to keep that at the top of the page because I love to placate myself mm-hmm. I, I i love to not make things as bad as they really are but if i have that big reminder on the top of the page that's going to help me be more honest on that paper and then when i start seeing what i'm writing after a while i'm looking at it like wow do i really think like that <laughs> am i really letting this bring me down well, you know? well let's back up a minute because not, not everybody out there may understand uh-huh. what what we're talking about there there are 12 steps that were developed originally in Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous is a group, you know, uh, people don't understand this, but it is a group that spun out of something called the Oxford Group, which was a Christian organization, and the 12 steps are all biblically based. But they are a process that you go through, 1 through 12, you do them with a sponsor, you do them with another human being, and uh, and those when you work those 12 steps, uh, you know, I, I read someplace where it was called one of the miracles of the 20th century because they are Bible-based, and they are a process. They are a godly process. They bring people to God. They bring people to Jesus Christ, even— If they're done in order. <laughs> if they're done in order and if they're done right and yeah. if they're done thoroughly, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. So, But the first step is—and I really want to reach into people's hearts today— that need to take the first step, that are scared to take the first step. Because my mom never got the first step. And the first step is that we admitted we were powerless over X, alcohol, drugs, pornography. The second half. Second half, and that our lives had become unmanageable. And, And that's one of the things we talked about. Do I have a problem? Has your life become unmanageable? Are you having, are you, are you not 
reaching the goals and the aspirations that you want to reach? Is your spiritual life not where it is because you feel guilty and you run from God? You know, like Adam in the garden, he, he hid when, when after, he, after he'd taken a bite of the apple. And God said, where are you? Uh, and like God didn't know, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but, but we get I'm guilty. Naked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I hid. So uh, I need a leaf. Yeah, like God didn't know what he looked like, you know. So, uh, and, and so we, we hide behind our leaves, you know. We do. We do. And, and well, it, you but, know, that's very indicative of the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. Before the the apple, before the serpent, before Eve, blame it on Eve, right? Yeah. Um, we had no inhibition, we had no insecurity, oh. we had no fear. But the minute we ate from the tree of life, all of a sudden we were filled with this awareness that God didn't want us to have to begin with. He wanted us to be carefree creatures that just ran around the garden naked, right? The knowledge of good and evil. I kind of, I'm kind of grateful I didn't do that though. But anyway, that's another story. That's another episode. But I mean, think about it. You gain that self knowledge, and right away you want to hide. You want to be clothed. I mean, that's addiction all over. It is. I mean, it's really because it's that same. You feel shameful. Mm-hmm. You you drink. You you first of all, you worry. You have fear. Well, it's that you're thinking. Yeah. All of a sudden, your awareness makes your mind overrule your heart, which should be in God. Right. Right. And God did give us brains to use, but probably more importantly, how to make fire to cook a steak rather than be worried about the way we looked when God made us in his image. Yeah. You know what well, well, God is love. And the, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear, but we don't always go to that perfect love. We go to our own devices. So we have this process and addiction where we have this fear and worry. And then that leads to uh, getting an urge to do something, to medicate it, to do something to make us forget about that fear and worry. Mm-hmm. And so we use drugs. We go gamble. Go gamble we, we go shopping. You could be addicted to anything. We, we eat. We, yeah, we eat. Uh, there's overeaters. And a all lot. <laughs> so there's, uh, and, and so that medicates us temporarily. And then we feel shameful and guilty and remorse. And the cycle begins all over again. Now we're worried. We're fearful. We're, we're, we're looking for that fig leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to hide ourselves from God, and and then so then again the compulsion because we know something that'll temporarily take away the pain, but it's only temporary, folks. And that's the difference between f- finally uh, embracing recovery and being fearful and being caught in shame and guilt and getting in the cycle that you can't get out of and going through what is a very difficult process. Recovery. I'm not going to lie to people and tell them that it's not hard. It's hard work, but when you do it, it is it, it is so cathartic it is so healing it is so wonderful and you get away from that cycle and then you begin to feel instead of with the temporary satisfaction you begin to fill your heart with love and you have real fulfillment and peace the peace that surpasses all understanding so that first step though my mom never got through it she never admitted so every time she would get sober eight rehabs uh, that she went to she would no she would negate that first step the the powerlessness and she would say i could never drink i would wager to say that the reason why most people balk at that first step is because they're too scared to admit they're powerless yeah because if you give up your own power what do you got yeah we're all control freaks in this society Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we're taught to be very fearful to think that you know i have no control over my life oh my lord then what's going to happen to me if i have no control well, we're taught all our lives to be self-reliant, to solve mm-hmm. our own problems. And part of the beauty of the recovery community, though, is is that, uh, folks, if you're out there struggling or if you have a loved one who's struggling, there are literally thousands of people here in the Houston area. 
I mean, thousands of people involved doing greater things than Tony and I in in this recovery community. In fact, uh, one of them is at the Open Door Mission. There is help out there, and there is help both through insurance and through meetings and that we're going to get to. We're going to talk about all this today, hopefully, or continue in our discussion. But I want to I want to highlight our friends that are partners in our ministry here at the Open Door Mission, because this is, if you don't have money, it's okay. <laughs> There's help. <laughs> There's help. There are faith-based programs, and one of the best in the in the whole country, not just in the world, not just in the Houston area. We're so fortunate to have it here. It's at the Open Door Mission. Our friend Tommy Thompson and Philip Vaughn over there, they run the Open Door Mission, and you can call them at 832-962-4249, 832-962-4249. And what they do at the Open Door Mission is they take men in that are homeless. Uh, it's it's just for men. There's uh, other options for women. Our friends over at uh, Project Hope can help women, but right now we're talking about Open Door, and it's a it's a seven month program. People balk at that, but how long did you spend getting in your addiction? How long did you spend getting homeless? They take in men that are addicted, men that are homeless, men that have all kinds of mental issues, and they put them through this program. They start with Jesus saves, but they provide education, they provide medical benefits, they provide dental benefits. A smart recovery, 12-step program. They hit it from every angle. And the men that come out of there are transformed. So if 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 you don't know where to look and you don't have any resources, go to the Open Door Mission, 832-962-4249. So, Tony, we got to admit that we got a problem. we got we got to admit that, that we're powerless. And then what do we, what's, what's the second step that begins to restore us? Or our life is unmanageable. And our, our life is unmanageable. And that can Do be... You have to admit the... Powerlessness and the unmanageability. Two, exactly. Two very scary things. But if you're desperate enough and you're downtrodden enough, you're willing to try the one thing that you never thought of or you never wanted to do. You have to be at that point where you are completely willing. Yeah, you do. You do. That's mm-hmm. that's that's very important. You know, um, I can remember a time in my life where I thought I couldn't live without my addiction. And that seems so dumb right now. It seems really dumb. <laughs> and it seems because that was the thing that was tearing me down. You got a new pair of glasses. You're <laughs> yeah, seeing things differently. Praise the Lord, man. <laughs> so, and, and, and the fact of the matter is beginning that recovery process. And for me, unfortunately, I had to have a bunch of bad things happen to me first. And for most of us, we're stubborn and uh, pride and other things get in the way. And, and that's what happens to us. We have to go through, you know, there's a process of, of hitting bottom, as they say. But, you know, that's uh, everybody's bottom is different. And there's no hole too deep for the hand of God to reach down and get Praise you out. Praise the Lord. That's great. But you me. have to be willing to take hold. Yeah, because his hand's always there. Mm-hmm. That hand is always there, mm-hmm. and he, he will never forsake you. He will never leave you. That's and right. if you look up and, and you know, uh, if you don't have God in your life, the hand's still there. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in God, the hand's still there. Yeah. And, you know, and so you can, you can call it whatever you want, but if you go through this recovery process and work these 12 steps pr- properly, you're going to find God. I can promise you that. So You don't even have to believe in God to do the first step. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have, you to, have to just be willing to believe in the second step. Yeah, which is came to believe that a power, in my case, in your case, Tony, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. But I guarantee you, if you do the first and second right, by the time you get to the third, you can't wait to get to know Amen. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many meetings I've sat in and where somebody said, I, I didn't have God in my life. In fact, 
I didn't Everybody have God says my, that. Yeah, I didn't have God in my life. My parents dragged me to church, but I didn't know who God was. Well, I hear that a million times. If, if my parents dragged me to church on Christmas and Easter, it was a good year. And you know, the perfect illustration that shows that is that famous piece, I think it's by Michelangelo, where God is there, his white hair and his beard and his robes flailing in the wind as he zips like Superman and his finger is pointed all the way stretched out far. And man is just sitting there laying back without a care in the world, like not even trying to reach for him. And that what that illustration means, it's a very famous piece. I wish I could remember the the name of it. But the illustration is that God is always reaching even when we aren't. Hey, we want to hear from you out there. We want to hear from you if if uh, you've gone through the recovery process and you want to tell us about the wonderful things that God did in your life or how you came to God or how you recovered from whatever was in your, uh, what stronghold you were dealing with, because there's all kinds of stronghold, folks. The Bible is a book about recovery because we're always falling in the ditch in one way or another. You can call us at 1-800-808-5548. That's 1-800-808-5548. You can call in to share your strength, open experience, what happened to you, how you came to recovery. You can call us for prayer. If you want prayer, you can call us if you want some advice and counsel on where you're at or you've got a a problem or you have a loved one who has a problem. You don't have to give your name if you don't want to. You can be anonymous, but call us at 800-808-5548 and share your hope, strength, and experience here on the share show. We'd love to have you in because this this show is is about hope. So, What was that number again? It's 800-808-5548. It's been so long. If you're out there and you haven't heard us in a while, it's because we've been getting preempted by Texas Tech football games. And uh, having two shows in a row is a real blessing. But we're gonna we're gonna stick at it. Football season will be over before you know it. We'll be here every Saturday at four p.m. And then basketball start. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna have basketball. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Who knows what's gonna happen? But in any event, um, if you're out there and and you've got a friend or a loved one that's struggling, uh, we we want we're here to provide hope and the hope that's in Jesus Christ. But the hope that's in the whole recovery community and the recovery process. So that first step, Tony, is it important? That's the next question on my list. You can't it, work the rest without it. You can't. And and you have to you have to accept it and you have to to believe it and it's a little bit scary just like Halloween uh but you you have to it's scarier than uh but you uh, you have to come to that realization that we were powerless. And so um the next thing we have to do we have we need to talk about is can you get sober without going to rehab? Oh, I think the bigger question is: if you go to rehab, will you definitely get sober? Well, that's true. You know, um, let me let me first lay a little groundwork. There are many different forms of recovery. There's uh, there are recovery centers that that you hear about that advertise on TV that take insurance that typically tend to be twenty eight day programs. Uh, some of them are very well meaning and provide help. Uh, some of them also offer something called IOP, which is uh, outpatient, intensive outpatient treatment for people that have to keep their jobs, can't go away for 28 days, uh, where you meet on a regular basis and, and have counselors and guidance there. There are 12-step meetings for any kind of addiction that you can think of, from Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous, uh, sex alcoholics anonymous uh, codependency groups uh, COSA for ch- children of alcoholics 
there are 12-step groups. Now, they haven't been meeting as much as as they have in the past, but on our Facebook page, which is Recovery Radio Houston, we have, and we're going to do a good job of updating it and providing some more information very soon about who's meeting, but uh, there are resources. Because you can go online in, in Houston, and you can find who's meeting right now. For example, the Humble House, out where we live, is meeting. We're meeting at 901 Wilson Road, uh, Covenant Recovery Ministries, every Friday night at 7. There are people having live meetings. There's also meetings online. You just have to search Alcoholics Anonymous or 12-step meetings or anything else on the computer. You can also send us a message at Recovery Radio Houston, and uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll find a, a Well, there group. are also apps that you can download to your phone. You just reads off your GPS. Yes, and tells you it shows you meetings all over. It shows you meetings all Within over. A certain so, mileage or whatever. So there's also faith based recovery. We talked about one of them, open door recovery, uh, open door minis- mission. Those tend to be a little longer, uh, but they really get down and deep and really help. And then once you get out of rehab, if you go to rehab, then you find the meetings and you find both the secular meetings, the 12 step meetings, what we call secular. They're all about God though. And, and you find faith-based groups in, in churches all around town. And there's uh what's the big group, uh, the, um, that, the Christian recovery group, celebrate recovery. celebrate recovery. Those are all over town, or you can find a, a better one called Covenant Recovery Ministries at mm-hmm. our church. And I'm, I heard about them. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we meet on Friday nights at seven. Uh, you know, to answer your question, I think I got the answer. With, uh, will you? Do you have to go to rehab to get sober? I think it's advantageous to do so, especially if your job offers it, because that's what did it for me. The pressure was off of me for the you know insurance paid for it number one and i had a real good feeling going into it that i was doing the right thing because my job advocated it i think it is definitely i don't think it's absolutely imperative but, but I it think helps. It, I think it's the clearest path to recovery. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most because it's the structure of it. Yeah, it's the structure of it. You got to get away and get your mind clear. Mm-hmm. And and you know I was or you have to go to a place like I went and be humbled. Yeah, and be I, humbled. I didn't go to no five star hotel well, rehab. Well, I'm a pastor, and as you know, Tony, I'm also a lawyer. So mm-hmm. I was really scared that if I went, that people would think poorly of me. Oh, that guy, that lawyer, he he's got a problem. But I found just the opposite. People were so happy. People were, uh, excuse oh, me. For, I hate to tell you, John, but a lot of the bars are filled with lawyers. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the Bar Association and the bars. All types of bars. Yeah, but uh, people were were congla- congratulatory. They were proud of me. I hate mm. to, uh, excuse me for not being humble for a minute, but they were proud of me. But in, in any event, it was l- met with love. That's what people don't yeah. need to understand. They don't need to be scared of recovery. It's a joyous, mm. healing thing. Tony, tell them about our podcast. Yeah, I was fast. just going to yeah. say, I got yeah. 30. Seconds. Uh, go to any uh, podcast search space or go to kkhc.com under the program guide. Look at podcasts. Look for Recovery Radio Houston. Download, share, compare, and get it out. 800 808 5548. Join us on the other side. Recovery Radio Houston coming right back.
Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston. We want to invite you to join the program, 800-808-5548. You know, are you listening and you got a problem and you need to talk to somebody? Um, Are you dealing with something and you really don't know what to do? Uh, Do you have a loved one that that you're worried about that um, has a problem and you're not quite sure how to approach it and you don't know what the answer is and you've been... Searching, you've been looking for something to to grab onto, and you know, are we, you not addicted to something? Are you having relationship issues? Yeah, relationship issues, uh, any kind of stronghold, um, gambling relationships. That's that's what this re- this show's about. It's about recovery. It's about hope. You know, ultimately the answer is Jesus Christ. But Tony and I both have have walked a long road and uh, both a, a path of of uh, destruction and addiction, um, temporary fun, but, but, uh, long-term consequences. But we both, we just feel so fortunate and so lucky to have, um, found recovery, to have found Jesus Christ in our lives, to have witnessed the transformative power of Christ in our lives that we just feel that's why we're here is to tell people out there that there's a better way to live, that there's hope that there's people out there, resources out there. You don't have to live the way you do. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, there are answers, and there's healing, and there's blessings, and it's it's an amazing, wonderful process, life-changing process. It, God is so wonderful. He restores marriages. He restores careers. He restores relationships. All of that is possible. As Tony said earlier, all you have to do is grab that hand. There's no hole too deep uh, for him to reach you. And so if you want uh, prayer, if you want answers, uh, if you've got friends or loved ones, because I'm telling you, even if you don't have an addiction or, or a stronghold, you're probably recovering from something. But more importantly, perhaps you know somebody that is, that is really struggling in the depths of addiction. It's just too prevalent in this pandemic. You know, we know for a fact that relapses going through the roof that people were stressed out tony talked earlier about the main cause fear they're worried about their jobs they're worried about their uh, economic security they're worried about getting sick they're worried about whether or not there's going to be a hospital bed they're worried about all kinds of things and of course our society the media is fanning all those flames of worry and uh, unfortunately, worried about the election results. We just worry, man. God said not to worry, but we do. Um, and so, you know, if you've, if you've got a, a, an issue or you know someone that does, that's what we're here for. Um, we're Recovery Radio Houston. And um, we're here, you know, we're just two guys that got lucky in a sense and, and, and found the blessed. path to blessed. Uh, but we got lucky that we got on that path. We got blessed. God, God never, he'll always chase you down. He, he's relentless. He will never stop. No matter, you know, Jesus turned to the thief on the cross and the thief said, I believe you, I accept you. And Jesus said, today I will see you in paradise. Just got in under the wire. Yeah. <laughs> now that's lucky. Yeah, it's never it's too late. late. No, it's never too late. So you can join us at 800-808-5548. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to share our hope, strength, and experience. We'd love to, to try to help you and uh, steer you in the right direction. We can introduce you to somebody, Jesus Christ, but we can also, they can do that. Nothing's impossible for him. Nothing. But we can also, um, 
we can also help you get involved in, in the recovery process. So uh, we invite your calls. Uh, we love you here at Recovery Radio Houston. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he wants better things for you. He wants blessings. And so you don't have to be afraid um, of anything. We've got some calls coming in, but uh, not sure. The board hasn't told us yet who they are. Okay. Uh, but uh, we've got a couple lines holding. Uh, let's take line two. Yes, welcome to Recovery Radio Houston. Who do we have on the line? Hi, this is Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? Well, um, actually, I was listening to your show, and I'm troubled. Okay. And I'm that person that I don't have a problem, but I've been around a lot of people with problems. And so I have a friend, and uh, we went to high school together. We're now in our 50s. And she calls me up in the middle of the night drunk. She has a boyfriend that, you know, abuses her physically. And it's the cycle where she allows all that stuff to happen. I try to help her. I try to get her to talk to a pastor or somebody, and she does it, and then she goes right back to the same behavior. And so now I'm getting to the point where I don't want to talk to her anymore but I know she needs help, and I don't know what to do. Well, you know, there's a fine line between enabling somebody and just making them feel good because they're, you're always there for them, and it's okay. There's a and being uh, and exercising tough love. I mean, you need to tell you need to get in her face, frankly, and uh, you need to uh, you need to get in her face and say that you need to go into rehab. I mean, this is a serious, long term problem. Just talking to a pastor, frankly, is not going to do it. I'm always in favor of talking to pastors, but that alone is not going to do it. You need to have an, uh, there's something called an intervention where you get the people that love her and that know her you yourself and you sit down with her you said she's calling you long distance unfortunately this is probably going to take a person to person you need, if she's that close to you you need to take a yeah. trip find f- friends and family and sit down with her and force her or not force her but convince her to go to rehab at that point that's all you can do i mean she's, she's got to be willing so okay well I guess that's the question how do i get her to be willing because we've all talked well, about doing there's an no intervention there's no magic wand or magic potion, but all she needs to make the decision is the information. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to talk somebody into doing something right then and there. But the okay. seed the seed that you plant and the words that you say, they stick. And hopefully, uh, you know, with enough prayer, God will open up her mind to remember what you said when it's most important when she's caught in that situation again, and that's what she'll go to. Yeah, there are two, two. Well, there are three outcomes from from an intervention. One, they never get it and they don't go. Two, okay. they get it right then and, and they go and and they see the love because you do it in love and you do it. And we, mm-hmm. we care about you, but you do it with tough love, very strictly and concerned. There's crying and and I've been in those and and they agree mm-hmm. to go right away. The third one is as Tony just said, it doesn't work. Then they get mad, they get upset. How dare you? Whatever. But you plant the seed and then later it happens. Then you've done all you can do. Because that person's got to be willing themselves to to want to do it, but it's definitely worth the exercise. Uh, you know, we're to reach out. The Bible tells us to reach out to brothers in need and to help them. And and you've done what biblically you're supposed to do at that point. And and a good thing to say too is something that was taught to me was that you know I'd rather risk our friendship than not tell you something that could save your life. Amen. Okay, I think that's a good idea because we've gotten to, from the point where she gets mad at me and now she just cries. Yeah. Well, I mean, she just sits on the phone and cries. So I feel like the resistance is going down, 
but in the moment, I don't really know what to do. She needs to be confronted with the facts and be able to make a decision for herself. Yeah, you do have to have facts on your side. Suzanne, thank you for calling. We got another call on line one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye, Susan. Line one. Line one, you are, we have an anonymous caller. You are on Recovery Radio Houston. Welcome to the show. What can we help you with today? Yes, I appreciate you, brothers. Uh, we're listening to your program, and it's, it's very encouraging. Uh, I just want to ask a question. Uh, I know one of the toughest things for those in recovery struggling is to face, uh, deal with reality without uh, finding that escape into their addiction. And uh, my question is, you know, how does a, uh, especially a, uh, a recovering addict who is a believer find that joy again that they talk about in the book of James when it says count it all joy for those who fall into tri- drivers and trials and I know several uh, brothers who maybe don't feel like God is answering their prayers right now and I just would like to say what's one of the first things you would uh, advise them to do in terms of, of, of getting back that connection with God again to feel that joy but they don't relapse and go back into the addiction. I think the most important point in the recovery process is to do what Jesus did, and that is to serve others. And when you Mm -hmm. serve others, uh, the joy that I feel now when I help others far surpasses the joy that I ever felt when I was out using and and drinking and and doing things like that. So I I think that we are to the Bible, you know, it doesn't just tell us these things so that we can be saved. It doesn't, of course, that's critical importance, but it tells us how to live and, and we are to imitate Christ. And when we do that, when we, because Christ came to earth and he shared in our trials and tribulations, he shared in, in, in things that, that we can't even imagine what he went through. He wanted to know our suffering. He wanted to know our human condition and he came fully, fully human. But what he did is he went around and he just helped people and he didn't care who it was, man. It could be a tax collector. It could be a prostitute. He came and he said, he helped them. He healed them. And he said, get up and sin no more. And when you go out and give back in that recovery process and you go out and help people's and you see the results and you, you see failures too but when you see the results and you see people brothers and sisters coming to christ and, and, and living fulfilled lives that fills you with joy and that, that's the joy that i have in my heart today and and don't forget also that repentance without prayer is kind of pointless you have to yeah. turn away but you also have to stay connected and prayer prayer works when you're feeling you know yeah. just because you repent and you turn around and uh, you don't uh, you turn away from your addiction, you turn away from your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, doesn't mean the enemy's still not going to come at you. And if you're not prayed yeah. up, you're going to be defenseless. Yeah, and, and you know that. But that's what's the the beautiful thing about the the twelve step process is it's a circle because uh, you 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 give back and you continue to work it you don't you know just because you go through the 12 steps even if you do it very thoroughly one time doesn't mean you've gotten rid of all your character defects no it's a lifelong thing it's a lifelong thing you're going to do them every day almost yeah and and, well, and you because keep, once you do it long enough and you get versed in them then you see in your everyday life situations how you're going to you know go through the process of it up until the point you know to where hopefully you'll get to an amends rather quickly but it may take some time. But uh, like, for instance, if me and Pastor John went at it right now, had a big argument, right? We may not solve it today, but through the process of working the steps and doing my inventory through it, and then asking God to take away what what I, my character defect in the situation, and I'm going to get to that point to where I'm going to be able to say, "Hey, Pastor John, let's talk." 
Yeah, and the tenth step is continue to take personal inventory. Mm -hmm. And this is a big one. And when we were wrong, promptly Promptly admitted admitted it. it. Yeah, amen. And that is so hard because, you know, that what Tony talked about earlier, the control issue, uh, how we we don't want to admit that we're not in control. You know, addicts are control freaks. (laughs) Let's just face facts, man. We want to control everything around us. And we think we're in control when we're not. God's in control, folks. But we think we're in control when we're not. And and so then we we fool ourselves. I can keep drinking. It's not a problem. It's not a. I can keep uh, snorting. I can keep whatever, and I'm in control of this. And before we know it, we're completely out of control. Mm-hmm. And and so we we have to. He, Tony said a couple things earlier that I thought were awesome. Honesty. You have to be rigorously honest, and that's such a better way to live than than carrying around a bunch of lies and once trying you to start fool doing people. It. Yeah, once you start doing it, it's so refreshing, though. Not to it's have nice to, not to it, wake up in the morning I, and trying to think about the three lies I got to make up to tell the back of the three lies I told yesterday. Exactly, and it's so wonderful yeah. that my wife can pick up my cell phone and I don't freak out. You yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> just just a practical thing. That's joy, brother. He asked about joy. You know, so so you know, it's just such a better way to live. So. so uh, it was something else you said, but but honesty is, is is so critical in the whole process because you can't get sober if you're not going to be honest with yourself. Well, honest my with, dishonesty you, starts with me lying to myself. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. and we are creatures that forget ourselves. So I hope that helped you, brother. Uh, there is yeah. there is joy in Jesus Christ, and there's joy in the recovery community helping people. And you know, the other thing there's a joy in that we haven't talked about, and people don't really understand this: what amends is. Uh, thank you for calling, brother. We appreciate it. Um, it's not. It's it's not an apology. No, it's it's not. an offer to make things right. Yes. How can I make things right here? And, and people, you know, people get tired of hearing sorry. Yeah, they do. It's not just oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, it's you know, I I wrote letters. I I visited with people, and it's scary. But again, universally, I I was blessed that that people were so responsive and, and so appreciative. The some of the most precious amends that you have to get ready for are the go away and don't talk to me away again. Well, right? that's true too. So when you go and the door gets slammed in your face yeah. or the phone gets hung up in your ear, you can learn a lot from those. Yes, you can. Because that's when you're totally confronted with your side of it. But those the are, other person is not obligated no, to participate. Not. No, they're not. The whole thing is it's for you to be able to go to someone and say, "Hey, listen, I, I screwed up here. I want to make it up." It's it's cathartic. It's healing. It's it's a wonderful process, no matter what happens, because you've then done what you can do. Sometimes it's accepted. Sometimes it's not. But here's the other thing, Keith, because the sorry thing that gets worn out. It, it works after you've changed, <laughs> after you've led to a little transformation. Oh, absolutely, but a true a true uh, amends is yes, I am sorry. However, I want to make this up. I want to replace what I stole. I want to yeah. return what I borrowed. I want to fortify what i've destroyed you know i, I, I want to come i want to be a more loving husband i, I want to be a more loving father i want to be in the picture instead of around the block yeah i want to come you visit know? my family that before when i came to see you all i did was think about how i can go to the bar how i can get mm-hmm. away and go drink i want to come spend time with you i want to be with you right. i want to uh, yeah I wanna, and then show it and then show i want to wash the dishes yeah, eight hundred eight zero eight. We're five five four eight. We've got time to take another call or two. If you call now, eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. We want to talk to you about uh, the beauty of the recovery process. So, okay, you're sitting there and and you say, um, you know, another thing, Tony. We talked about. Do you need to go to rehab? Um, 
if, if you can't go right now or you think you can't go, start going to meetings. Maybe you'll figure out you do need to go. Uh, maybe you'll you'll find deliverance. You know, God, can, nothing's impossible. I've seen people delivered hey, on the spot. There are rehabs that have meetings in them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's it like walking in a first meeting, Tony? Horrifying. Yeah, it is. Terrifying. It's, uh, but hopefully what will happen to you is what happened to me is that once the meeting started, I started listening to people talking about things I could – totally identify with i felt like i belonged well it's it's the fear of the unknown right but the truth of the matter is what you just said you hit not hit it on the nail on the head uh you're in with people who maybe not have done exactly what you did but there's a million stories and they're all the same I mean, i've always the, been the black sheep and then i found my flock yeah that's what we always say yeah well and and you're in there with people that can help you that understand you. Well, you start hearing things where you thought you were the only one. Yeah, you do. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in a meeting. I thought I was the only one that would ever did this kind of bad thing or, or that had this problem or ever sunk this low or, or whatever. But you know, you go to enough meetings, you'll find plenty of people that that you're not the only one. And then you're willing to throw your, everybody throw their problems out on the floor at all at once. And you'll, Start hearing about other people's problems. You're like, give me my problems back now. <laughs> yeah, I want to dive on mine, please. I'll take mine. <laughs> mine, are, mine aren't so bad after all. It lessens all. the blow of what I think is so well, horrible. Well, it's just, you know, that's that's one thing I'm, I'm not sure I've been able to properly verbalize on this show. The love that you feel in the recovery community, the the fellowship, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. The fellowship that you feel uh it is is just it's so some of the incredible. most genuine it is because you know what it is it's god yeah you feel the presence of god in mm-hmm. the recovery community and that is overwhelming and, and it also gives you a wonderful sense of discernment to weed out the the, the parts that are like wait this guy nah, this guy's in line with what we're talking about here cuz i gained a lot of discernment by getting into recovery i used to believe everything that everybody told me sure. why because I told so many lies and so many stories to make people, you know, that whole uh, I want to act in a certain way that I think you want me to act so that you like me. And that's what people do in rec- yeah, that are in addiction. Right. Ab- so, but, but then when, when I started getting rigorously honest about myself and my situation, I, I was God providing me with the ability to weed out the people that were talking from their hearts and not talking from somewhere else. That's good. We got a call on line one. We have... Uh, Melissa on the program. Melissa, welcome to Recovery Radio Houston. How can we help you today? Yes, I just wanted to find out, um, you know, y'all talk about rehab and stuff, and um, but, you know, I've called around, and a lot of us don't have money for rehab. Um, you know, we're not that fortunate. So is there, you know, and then there's, you know, the places that I've seen downtown that are just, you wouldn't even want to go there. So, Well, if you're willing enough, if you're willing enough, you will. Resources for, that are nice um, for women to go to that, you know, that aren't, you know, just like a homeless shelter or something that, um, that people that have addiction issues can go to. Unfortunately, if you, if you don't have insurance, the public options are probably going to be the most likely. Now they're, is a place called Restoration Ranch that'll be opening sometime in the near future. Uh, that's going to be a, a Christian organization. I don't know offhand. Well, there is uh, another one. There's there another, is there, there is uh, through uh, CT Church. There's a place called Project Hope mm-hmm. that is a very similar. They've got both, but this one has both men's and women's. It's like Open Door, mm-hmm. but uh, Michael Vecchio 
if, if you send a message to our Recovery Radio Houston uh, Facebook page, we'll put you in touch with them. Michael Vecchio is the CEO of Project Hope. You can also look them up on on uh, on Facebook, but it's called Project Hope. They have a, a place here in the south part of Houston uh, that is a women's uh, self. They, they go out and raise their own money, and it is a wonderful Christian faith-based uh, center that uh, also transforms lives. Uh, there's our friends up in Cleveland, um, Lenora Purvis. Um, she has a, 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 so send us a message if anybody's out there and they need help for either men or women and they need a faith-based place, they don't have resources, send us a message on our Recovery Radio Houston Facebook page. We've also got a, a, a resources booklet up there and I'm going to update that this week, I promise. And we'll have all the numbers there for anybody that needs a faith-based free rehab. You know, the, the thing is, you know, we talk about going into rehab and 28 days is great because it, it, uh, th- thank you for the question. Thank you for calling the show. We appreciate it. Uh, well, she, br- she brings up a very important thing. What's that? And she's not going to realize that she did, but there's a perception out there that you're going to go to rehab, but you can't go to one that's like a homeless shelter. I'm going to tell you something. I went to one that was like a homeless shelter and I learned a lot about myself. And a lot of these places are like that for men and women because it's a lot of forced humility. You know, going to a place where you're going to have tennis courts and swimming pools is not really going to make you look at yourself honestly. Yeah, and a lot of I would wager to say, just judging by the my experience and knowing people that go through corporate uh, uh, programs and stuff like that, that the relapse rate is a lot higher in places like that than if a guy like you or me, normal middle class guys, have to go. St- I mean, when I went into rehab, I had to share a room with three guys. Yeah, they gave me a blanket that and a mattress that looked like it has had its better days. Not something that I was really accustomed to. It, it was different to have to wait in line for the shower. It was different to have to walk about six hundred yards across the yard in uh, in the middle of November in the in the rain to wait for my food in like a mess hall. I mean, th- there are some things that are really good about a rehab like that because mm-hmm. you need that humility. Well, that's the other part that I, I lost my train of thought of early, earlier. You talked about honesty. You need humility. Yeah. You, you you have to be humbled. But by the way, you know, these places, the Open Door Mission is, yeah, you're going to share a room with other guys, but it's nice. I mean, they actually have a chef there from a, an incredible restaurant. They eat better than I do, probably. We had the chef that got fired from the prison. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, 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 you know but if you're going to transform your life, almost anything is 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 worth it. So listen, I, I think we're going to continue this show next time we get to be on here and talk about the practical steps of. Uh, we'll we'll have our friends at uh, Open Door Mission on soon. Also, we bring guests on and we try to talk about recovery because we want you to know that there's hope out there. There's hope through Jesus Christ. There's people that want to help. Uh, so if if you uh, need uh assistance go to our facebook page we've got a resource guide and you can send us a message and we will get back to you and provide whatever information tony i got an announcement that i need to make can i say one more thing first please i think it's very important at the end of that phone call you might want to try going to the rehab that you don't think is too quaint before you wind up in jail yeah because that jail is the real deal that's good and that, that that's a lot worse um I want to say that uh, we're going to announce a new program that's going to kind of be affiliated with this program. It's going to be on Mondays at 530, the transformative power of Christ. 
Uh, it's going to be a 25-minute program, and it's going to be more of a sermon. Uh, I'm going to be giving sermons Monday at, at primetime drive time, 530, uh, here at KKHT. Uh, that'll begin not this Monday, but the following Monday, every Monday at 530, the transformative power of Christ, because that is something I've lived. Uh, we've also started a church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We got knocked out of our building by the pandemic, but we're on Facebook every Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, you can tune in to Facebook, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. All our past uh, messages for the last several months are on there. We're on at 6 p.m. We have a live church service. We have praise and worship, and, and we have a, a biblical message every every Sunday at 6 p.m. If you miss church that day or you just want more of God. Also, Covenant Recovery Ministries is back meeting live at 7 o'clock at 901 Wilson Road in Humble. Um, it's a wonderful mixture of a church service and a 12-step meeting, and uh, there's power in, in Jesus Christ. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you for joining us. We hope to be back soon, depending on Texas Tech football. It's lo- we love being with you at Recovery Radio Houston, but remember, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Amen. See you next week, Houston.